your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hello, hello, everyone. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for joining myself, Leisha, here tonight, as well as our team of Xenia, Celeste, Aaron, JP, and Tracy. Our first song was from Neonshi, a wonderful UK artist based in Japan that we have had the pleasure to interview last year. And she is back with her brand new single, Why Are You The One? And our second track we played was Villain by Dripping. For tonight's show, we have more exciting new music releases coming your way, such as a new track from Australian-based artist Boy Graduate featuring Sin Santos. We will also be having our APN team discuss our thoughts of brand new K-dramas, anime films, games, and more that have come out recently. So without further ado, let's start tonight with a song from a new project group from female Korean celebrities who have actually left the industry in the past once they became moms, but now they are back. We have Mama Doll with their song, Wa Hip. You are listening to Asian Palm Nation right here on Sin. Welcome aboard to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's number one stop for all things Asian pop culture related. We play Mama Doll's Uwa Hip, Jackson Wang's song titled Jackson Wang, and the last song you heard was the brand new dance floor track from Australian Filipino artist Boy Graduate with his song The Long Way featuring Sin Santos. Really great track right there, honestly, and I guess in the realm of other great new arrivals, we have the APN team discuss two exciting new recent Korean dramas that have hit our radar. So let's hear what they have to say about the K-drama, Our Beloved Summer, and the K-drama, All of Us Are Dead. Let's go! As you know, K-dramas is my thing, and I love it. And we've had a new one um, that came out not too long ago on December 6th. Um, it recently finished on January 25th. It's called Our Beloved Summer. Oh, how romantic is that? And it features Choi Woo-shik, who plays Choi-wung, and Kim Dami as Kuk yeon and Kim sung Chal as Kim Ji-yong. We're just a rundown on these actors. These are really good actors for like a yes, K-drama. Like Choi Woo-shik was in Parasite and Train to Busan. And then Kim Dami was in Itaewon Class, and she was also in a movie called The Witch, where she played her and um Choi, not Choi, her and Mushik played um like enemies. So this is like a cool thing where they played like enemies in dramas in one and drama. Lovers. And lovers. <laughs> yeah, and lovers in another. It's crazy. And your second male lead here is um what's his name? The character's name is Kim Ji Young, and the actor's name is Kim Sung Cho, and he's like a he's, he's, he's in a prison playbook. He's like so yes. well known. Yeah. He's decently well known. Mostly done supporting parts though. Like yeah. he's very good. Right? He's very good. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> this one's a unique one. It tells the story of like two ex-lovers um who were forced to who are now forced back into each other's lives when a documentary they filmed 10 years ago becomes viral. And so it starts off with um them as high school students. Um and the documentary, how it um, was portrayed as the top student and the last student had to hang out together. And so the top student obviously is the girl and the worst student is the boy. They have to sit next to each other. They hated each other's guts like two bits. And then suddenly they fall in love, you know. <laughs> yeah, but they don't you get do. that until halfway through. Like, uh, yeah. I think the very end of the first episode, you get, oh my God, they were originally in a relationship. They literally spend the entire first episode being like, I hate them so much. This is exactly why I hate them. And it flashes forward to like, this is why, uh, like, this is what they're doing in real life, um, in adult life right now, um, when they're like 29. But the documentary is filmed when they're 19. 
Wait, so if this is like they were ex-lovers and apostles, that means they were like lovers to enemies, back to now lovers. No, no, no. Enemies to lovers to enemies. Oh, and okay. now potentially lovers now. <laughs> yeah. I like very, the sound of this. Please very continue. unstable relationship. Push and pull, you know. Like the childhood, like, um, friend trope slash enemy to lover trope combined. Enemies to lovers is... That's peak content. That is so good. VS spill. Is it good? Tell us. Yeah, I love triangle. Um, oh, a little a bit. As, yeah. Okay, dramas have love triangles. What doesn't? <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, when you follow their stories, it's like current day when they're thirties. Um, in the beginning, they're super petty towards each other. They will like do yes certain things to inconvenience each other because they hate each other so much and then you're there for like because it's funny and then as you move on you're like oh no i'm crying now what yeah <laughs> i love how, you through a roller coaster but yeah, i love how petty the characters are i think the first time Joel meets up with the who you know he last saw 10 years ago and had a horrible breakup with he like sees her at the door and he's like holy and then he runs back into the house and grabs like like a water sprayer and then just like sprays her with it and then he throws salt at her. <laughs> like it's Whoa. it's glorious. Wait, like a ghost or a Yeah, like yeah. a ghost. Right. <laughs> it's the whole thing is very funny because I think these characters are just very human and very fun. You don't have that K drama thing where like you have one character who's maybe like like a complete saint and you have all and you have like um an antagonist who are completely horrible. But everyone in this is quite human, very like petty, very kind of prideful. Um but you know, very compassionate towards each other. It's very much a comfort drama. It's very, like, soft and subtle. Mm. But it does explore that thing where it's, like, how life doesn't always go the way you want it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Since, um, like, the top student in the school, Dami, I mean, what's her name? Yeonsu. You expect her to be, like, I think she's, like, very ambitious, right? After the flash forward, it turns out she's working sort of like a mid, like in a tiny little advertisement company, and she's obviously really competent at her job, but she's not like excelling in her profession or whatever. She's Whereas, not rich, which is yeah, the she's most not rich. rich. <laughs> exactly. Whereas Choi Ong already comes from a rich family. As a child, they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he, and he was literally like, I just want to lie down in the shade. <laughs> That's like a character. That, um, he's literally become like a really successful artist. That people like commission um like exhibitions for and that sort of thing. Like we were saying, it's just a beautiful like slice of life. Um and it'll yeah. make you feel good on the inside. So if you're willing to check it out, please do. It's a lovely rom com. Um will make you cry here and there. But if that's not your thing, there is another K drama out. It's um about zombies. If you like that gore. Whoa, is there romance in it? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> from what I've seen, I'm in like five episodes in, but if you're like keen on it, it's called All of Us It Did. It's out on Netflix and it's just like high school students um, trying to find a way out of their school because it's riddled with zombies. That sounds really familiar. It sounds like a plotline for everything, but yeah. yeah <laughs> it sounds yeah. like the entire apocalypse genre. I don't know how much blood is there. Like, is there a lot of like dead people? Yes. Oh. Uh, it's a zombie okay. thing. Right, what else wondering. do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, related to this all of us are dead thing, I found this interesting video. I think it was in Thailand, where um they got a bus, right? 
but they replaced all the windows with TV panels, and they used those TV panels to, like, show zombies, like, in a bus trying to get out and, like, you know, doing stuff in the hands and stuff. So when the bus was driving around, it looked like there were actual zombies in it. That's so, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a very cool advertising ploy. And then at a certain point, it kind of stopped at a bus stop, and then the doors opened, and all these people dressed as zombies, like, ran out. It was, like, pretty mm. crazy. <laughs> I- I'll watch it. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asia Pop Nation. This is Asian Pop Nation. My name is Leisha, and you just heard "Got the Beat." Step back. Ashley Park's "Mon Soleil" from the Emily in Paris soundtrack, and finally Jamie with her song "Pity Party." We may have some movie fans about to throw themselves more of a happy party when they hear this news we have about Bong Joon-ho's plans for his next big movie. Oh my god, with a potentially unexpected actor who could be starring in it. So, if you want to hear more about it, let's head over to our APN team right now. All right, so we have the best of both worlds combining together. Um, I don't know about you, but. Twilight's heartthrob Robert Pattinson. I know, uh-huh. like all the news headlines have been saying, future Batman star. But let's not forget about <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> oh my god, dude, I'm... he's more than just Twilight, man. He's a good actor. His that's range god. Is so Are we good. saying that he? We're not saying he was a bad actor. He's, no, a, he's, but, the, like, he's you gotta, a god. You gotta leave this Twilight stuff behind, man. That's why his name got out there, all right? But anyway, <laughs> Robert Pattinson is working with or. Uh, Bong, Bong Joon-ho is working with Robert Pattinson in an upcoming movie. <laughs> Best of both worlds, hey, Bong Joon-ho, the, was the Oscar-winning film of Parasite. He directed that. Um, yeah, so he announced his next big project, working with Twilight star Tim Edward. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyway. Um, he was such a big Twilight star that he got Robert Pattinson to work on the project. Yeah. I believe it. It's beautiful. He saw that. That film series and was like he's perfect. Yeah, perfect for the job. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bong Joon Ho um, has said that he will be writing and directing a sci-fi thriller movie, which will be adapted from an upcoming novel by Edward Ashton called Mickey Seven, expected to be released on the fifteenth of February, twenty twenty-two. Yeah, the, oh, the book. book itself. Yeah, All the right. book itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, you're like the movie's coming out right now. It's <laughs> So the novel tells the story of a disposable employee set out on an expedition to colonize the ice world. Riffleheim. Riffleheim. I love fantasy genres with their wacky universe names. Great. Thank you, Tolkien. My goodness. Great. And the potential internal battles the protagonists will have on their own mortality as they constantly undertake several dangerous missions. Wow. Wow. Sounds so (laughs) excited, Celeste. Um... Look, to be honest, I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> oh, why not? Oh but I thought the Twilight Heartthrob was going to be in it. Every other movie I've seen with Rob Patterson, I've not liked. Um, really? Was Tenet, I was you just like, like nah, I'm not into that. Have you, watched the light- have you watched The Lighthouse? Probably not. Oh my god. <laughs> I just seen Twilight. Need on- <laughs> you need to get on that immediately. Dude, <laughs> Robert Pattinson is so good in that. And also The King. The King, that's another movie. But yeah, why you gonna, why you going to throw shade at him like this, man? If you're going to trust someone, you're going to trust Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, he, he made Parasite. Too. He made Okja. 
he does oh, yeah. a good job, I think, of having sort of Western character, Western American actors and Korean actors on the same movie and making mm. it feel okay. Cohesive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cohesive. Yeah, like Snowpiercer and stuff. I like yeah, Snowpiercer. Yeah. So does that mean we're going to get like a top shot Korean actor? Oh, maybe. Working with Rob Patterson. Yeah. Maybe Park Seo Joon. That would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts to this announcement? Bro, I just love Robert Patterson. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm cool. Just, like, like the jo- uh, the actual, I guess, because we don't have any information if, like, the movie is going to directly just follow the novel, like a direct adaptation, or if it's going to be, I don't know, Hollywood's weird, so they might do, like, a... It's within the universe of the novel, but it's its own story entirely. Like, we don't know what's happening. But it's also Bong Joon-ho, so I don't know how the Asians yeah. follow stories in from books. But we know the West doesn't follow it. Yeah, the West, the West does some odd stuff. But all I know is that he will be working with Warner Brothers and stuff. And Warner Brothers is like a Hollywood face. Mm, so, yeah, um, like I would love to be behind the scenes and seeing the drama between <laughs> like Western directing and like Asian directing. But now besides that, it's just like, I'm also like Celeste where does John, the story itself, if it's going directly with the novel, I'm not that intrigued because I'm just not, uh, I'm not a, I like the sound of thriller, but I'm just not a sci-fi person. But um, I live by the my, my also important motto in life of just following Robert Pattinson till the day I vanish from this planet. But that man can do no wrong. He is an acting star. And yeah, I was so excited to see him in Batman. Oh, Xenia, I'm, I'm curious about, about your thoughts in particular because you've been the most silent about this. Hi, I'm on team Bog Joon-ho. I am not on team <laughs> Robert Patterson. I have not seen him in anything except like, why there was this one romantic drama he was in. What? <laughs> I think I remember watching briefly. It's about a plane. I don't know. Maybe it seems like "Remember Me" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was about a plane. Uh, okay. I remember. Does not seem Twilight. See I've seen his... Twilight, but I just like You've not seen him in his sparkly vampire. Oh, I've seen form. it. I've seen, I've seen it. I've read the books. It's it was a part of my life that I. Don't regret, but I'm not proud of. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it's like, I like sci-fi. I like Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this will be a film that I'll watch for those two reasons, but probably not for Robert Pattinson, <gasps> I'm afraid. My heart shattered to like a million pieces, but yeah, go on. <laughs> Didn't Bong Joon-ho also direct another film that, uh, was it Chris Evans? Was he in it? Wait a minute. Let me do a... It was Snowpiercer, wasn't he? Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. directed by Bong Joon-ho, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Bong Joon-ho did that. So this is not the first time he's kind of had an yeah. American Hollywood lead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tilda Swinton was also in um, Snowpiercer. Yeah, it's really yes. good. I, I highly recommend it. There, There's like a train and... The snow. <laughs> and the snow. The train. The snow. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Is it a Christmas movie? Yeah, it's a <laughs> Christmas like Polar movie. Express. Yeah, Polar yeah, Express. Like you talk about Express. trains and snows. I'm like, it's just Polar Express. Yeah, it is Polar <laughs> Express. And it's really, you know, it's a nice family film. Good <laughs> yeah, get together totally. time. Yeah. Very wholesome. It gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling. After I watching. it's a nice family film. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so it seems like maybe Bong Jun Ho has a nice streak of family films. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I think um, I think this new movie of his might come out as another, you know, good family time. 
Yeah. yeah. Ignore the fact that we mentioned it as a sci-fi thriller genre, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. For the whole family. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're excited to see Sparkly Robert Pattinson oh. <laughs> um, starring in a film directed by Bong Joon-ho, then let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Love to hear your thoughts, especially if you're a Twilight fan. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the Asian Pop Nation Club right here on Sin. It is not a club. I'm just trying to sound really trendy and cool. But you were listening to Wuju Somnyeon's Choko Mi's Super Yuppers, Ling Ying's Good Behavior from the debut album There Might Be Wreckage Here. And the last song you just heard was only one off with the song Skins with a Z. Very edgy, very cool. But what else is pretty cool is not just my segue into the next topic, but also the recent growth in Filipino representation we have been seeing lately from the Western media. So come join us as we talk through some of the new Filipino characters and moments that have been catching our attention, whether they come from Western movies, shows, and video games. Mabuhay! Kamusta ka? Oh, please. <laughs> Listeners? Oh. Can you guess what time it is? We're not talking about anime. We're talking about <laughs> Filipino rep in Western media. Woo! Yay. So if anyone's seen the recent Spider-Man movie, this is not much of a spoiler. Don't worry. We're not going to tell you anything that's going to blow your mind. But in Spider-Man No Way Home, there was this very surprising moment during a very highly anticipated scene in which Peter Parker's best friend, Ned, played by Jacob Batalon, was translating dialogue that was spoken in Tagalog by his Lola, his grandmother. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the rise of Filipino heritage in recent Western media and a lot of characters recently over the past two months, including the very popular first-person shooter online game Valorant, where there's this new playable character named Neon that was introduced last month. She's an agent with super speed powers and is said to be born from Manila and is also voiced by Filipino voice actress Vanilla Velasquez. But most recently, there were some viral clips from a well-known American animated TV series called Craig of the Creek. This show made its appearance for the Filipino representation shown because both clips show this character, Eileen, introducing the main character, Craig, to her Filipino family, including her Lola, who only speaks Visaya and the rest of her family. I actually saw this clip, which was pretty funny, where Craig comes in and then her Lola is giving her like this side eye. It's like, is that your boyfriend? And then- in that accent? <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. And like Lola, that's not my boyfriend. And I um no, okay. <laughs> and then just like eating food. Ah, oh, it was lovely. What is everyone's thoughts on this rise of Filipino ref, especially as we see families like sitting down and eating dishes like Tortang Talong or the migrant experience is demonstrated in Spider-Man No Way Home with Ned translating for his grandma. I mean, uh, JP, fellow Pinoy friend. Uh, what do I think? I can tell you I'm tired of Filipinos. I'm around them 24-7. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm kidding. It's uh, uh, Yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, like whenever I see Filipino food on screen, I go, oh, yeah, I've eaten that. But 
I think rep's important, but I've come to a stage now where I've just sort of like embraced it. If I see it on screen, like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah. Don't normally uh, see it that often, but like I'm having that for dinner tonight. It's not like I'm going <laughs> to oh, 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 no. jump over the moon. Um, but yeah, if, so, if anyone's like, I guess it starts asking questions about it, that's pretty interesting, especially you don't really see many restaurants, Filipino restaurants around the same way no, that you do many, no. sort of East Asian or Southeast Asian franchises. I think it's nice that they're extending Asian representation beyond East Asia. Like, I feel like a lot of the representation is focused on Chinese people in particular. Like, crazy they're the only was... They're the only Asians. Didn't you know that? <laughs> yeah, like, crazy rich Asians <laughs> is all about, like, Singaporean Chinese people. Uh, and, and that kind of ticked me off a little bit. But I guess, like, on the topic of, like, about the, like, Filipino rep and Western media and all stuff, it reminds me... I, I, I guess maybe because we're all of us here, we're slightly young adult age range and we've grown up. Yeah, we're young adults. We're young adults. Yeah, yeah. We're we've grown up more in like a society where it's like, since we were kids and stuff, we didn't grow up as much seeing, I guess, people who look like us and stuff in Western media. So now that we're like a little bit older, we see it now. We're like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. But for us, we're like, obviously you can relate to it and think about it and be like, oh my God, that's so cool for rep and stuff. I think for us, we kind of spend too much of our life just being sucked into white people media. <laughs> that's not how I want to say it, but like just that type of thing. But I think it's like really like seeing stuff like this would particularly be really special for like younger kids and stuff like that because it reminds me of, this newish movie that came out called Encanto, and I saw. Hey, this, I watched that. I That's watched a it. Nice one. Yeah, very good movie, and it's based. If, if you don't know what Encanto is, it is a uh, animated movie which is based on like a Colombian family and stuff. And I saw this really cute picture that went viral on social media of this kid who like it was just a small kid, and he was posing on the TV of um one of the characters one of the younger characters is named antonio and he was posing next to like a photo of this kid because he like he could see himself um as that kid like yeah i'm guessing they were like obviously because it's social media and stuff you don't actually know like on the city and stuff like that but they did look really similar and then the person who posted that made a whole thing about how important like rep is because it's like Look at yeah, look at my son just looking that and being so happy to see like a kid who looks just like him. And then like I don't know, I think especially when they're in particular with these three examples, it I feel like they're they're also more than just showing the character. They're also like actively speaking the language yeah, of Visaya, like Visaya. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Craig in the Creek, the grandmother is speaking Visaya. And then in the case of Valorant and Spider-Man, both of the characters use phrases from Tagalog. And I think like language is very powerful. So <laughs> yes, but I think it's also interesting that it's Visaya because with Tagalog being the national language, <laughs> I guess yeah. a lot of Filipinos from other regions and islands don't really feel the same rep because that's not mm. the language they speak natively. So, yeah, I think uh, in the case of Craig of the Creek, it's actually interesting that they've not only gone so far as to show Filipino representation, but also the different dialects mm -hmm. in the Philippines. But I'm not sure if 
normal Western audiences would be able to tell. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's like thing. an Easter egg almost just to the um. Sayo speakers. But it's interesting that you mentioned Encanto because a lot of my Filipino relatives have kind of taken that as their form of representation as well, considering mm-hmm. that yeah. the Philippines were colonized we're by the Spanish. Spanish yeah. We sort of just yeah. take like a lot of Latinx or Hispanic stories mm-hmm. and just like, yes, it's about us. It's about <laughs> us too, yeah. guys. Yeah. Ew, we're, we're yeah, and then also like the way we're positioned in Asia whenever mm-hmm. there's like crazy rich Asians, even though we are not, you know, we are in, or Chinese. <laughs> we just like, yes, Asian. <laughs> and we just sort of claim it as our own. But also speaking of fun facts of or like Filipino rep. I'm not sure how many of us follow soccer. My brother's a big soccer fan. But the Filipino women's national team qualified for the FIFA Women's World Cup for the first time Ooh, in forever. Wow. And oh, Australia wow. didn't make it to oh, the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be interesting considering it's going to be in Australia. Oh, um, the next oh, time Australian oh, and Australia wow. didn't make it. Yeah, the Australians. Oh man, they suck. But right. it's, it's interesting. <laughs> no, like the. I'm sure next time, next time, Matilda's. But yeah, the mm. food is not of Australia. Yeah, <laughs> who cares? The soccer team in Australia is not good anyway. Like the Asian teams. Oh yes, let's go. Uh. Yeah, so it'll be interesting considering they've made it so far and this is their first time in any international worldwide tournament it'll be cool mm-hmm. yeah anyway I mean, well on that note <laughs> <laughs> we have exhausted our discussion points but if you have anything else that came to mind during our discussion about representation especially if you are a fellow filipino or filipino just let us know on facebook twitter and instagram at asian pop nation um I forgot how to say goodbye. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna yeah, ask. Goodbye. I was just gonna uh, ask. How, how would you say goodbye? <laughs> See you in the next segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome aboard to Asian Pop Nation, right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and we were just playing songs earlier from Yolona Garcia with "Entertain Me," a big collab song from Momo Land and Nati Natasha with their song "Yummy Yummy Love," and lastly. Jagara Jonesy with her song Cut, which can also be heard on Sin's Sweet 16 High Rotation playlist, so do check that out. Moving along though, we will be hearing from our APN team member Celeste and her thoughts on a new game that she got her hands on called Pokemon Legends Arceus. So take us away, Celeste. Pokemon Legends Arceus has come out, um, and this is very different to the previous games, Pokemon games, I assume no one here has played a single Pokemon game. I've played it on a... I've played it. Played the first time. Oh, oh Celeste, you have to like, called out. <laughs> oh, you guys are telling me that you didn't like Pokemon. And, no, right. I liked it. It was fun when I was a kid. We're the target demo for it, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh. Like maybe 10 years ago? I think it was just me saying I just flat out had no childhood upbringing with pokemon Xenia, are you a pokemon person (laughs) um no i my friends tried to test me to see if i could name at least five pokemon i almost failed wow yeah and he's still with you (laughs) (laughs) oh no it's like my my, my friends (laughs) yeah i i think they don't talk to me as much anymore but But yeah, so the new game has come out. It's very different to the previous games. If you've ever played them, um, where it's all like turn-based, 
typical RPG style. Um, so you have to enter into a battle, um, and then it's like you fight Pokemon, Pokemon fights back, sort of thing. Um, in oh. this new one, it's open world. Um, so if anyone's played Breath of the Wild, Legend of mm, Zelda, mm. it's got that similar similar vibe. Yeah, similar vibes. Yeah. Where it's just like open world. You can go out. You can see the Pokemon. You can. Not only use your Pokemon to hunt it, but you yourself can throw a Pokeball at it to try and catch it. Ah. So you can use multiple different strategies. And it just feels like you're actually a Pokemon trainer. Like you're hunting in these Pokemon. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is set in the history of the Sino region. Um, so a long time ago. And so it's like got the cultural elements of like old Japan. Everyone's wearing old a kimono. Um, old buildings and stuff um yeah and i think one of the cool features in there that i like was that every time you walk into a house um there's a bit of dirt patch or like a little flooring before it hits the wooden floors and the shoes come off once you hit the wooden floors wow so like that's ancient nice. household. Yeah, yeah. Shoes come off. yeah um that's nice have you been playing game. it celeste i haven't had the time to play it as much as i'd like but right. it's pretty good um i think there's this feature in it where you can hunt alpha pokemon so they're like larger than the usual pokemon that you see oh. um they have a high level and they also have these red glowing eyes so they can't they're kind of freaky oh, so, that, so you them. know for sure they're like alpha you know they're big and they're, uh... yeah, but <laughs> yeah that's sick. when you originally like start off it's something that you stumble upon by accident. So you don't know. You've got like level three Pokemon and it's like this level 40 giant rapid dash or this big horse with red eyes. And you're like, oh God, oh <laughs> what do you do? Jeez. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You can actually see the Pokemon roaming around now. Because I remembered um, like with the old games, like you just walk around grass. Until, until something until happens. Until yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That- to the fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my knowledge too of what game of like typical pokemon gameplay is like so mm. uh, like yeah it's just like is this like the first time you would say maybe nintendo and um, stuff they delve into open world style for pokemon or it's like it's ha- not exactly the first time because they've started working on it since um they moved to a switch platform working mm. on um players being able to s- visually see the pokemon roaming around but it's mm. like a step up where you can see the pokemon just like enjoying their life roaming around like they'll sleep or they'll like come up and approach you um the the nice ones the other (laughs) ones will attack you right (laughs) yeah it's cute um when you see like a little togepi they're super rare in the field and you're like catch it yeah Yeah. wow that's cool it's come so far it has yeah yeah it's like the first generation is like i think black and white Mm. and all like pixel art yeah, they're all boxes. Black yeah. and white isn't the first, it's like the fifth gen. <laughs> oh, no, 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 like in black and white. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like no color. Like yeah. a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. And then they add color to it. And then they sort of add some 3Dism to it, but mm. it's still like on that grid. Now it's Evolution of games yeah. in Thanks. Pokemon. Yay! Celeste, I heard um, with Pokemon, you can now like make them do things other than fighting. Like, if there's a, let's see, you see something in the distance that you want to pick up, you can just throw a Pokeball there and yeah. then your Pokemon will do it for you. Yeah, so you can use them to just like grab fruit off trees and oh. pick up stuff um, as you're running. It's a good feature when you don't want to stop. <laughs> right. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. What do you, um, what do you think of the whole setting? Because I, I like the idea of like, 
I think a lot of it is very much like old Japanese sort of like vibe. Can you confirm mm. that for me? It is very old Japanese.、Yeah. Um, there's not much, like, there's one village that I'm only in. I haven't actually gotten that far into the game.、Um, oh, yeah. But, like, in terms of art within the game, the way it's been designed、um, visually, it's pretty bare minimum. It's like.、Uh. Less than Breath of the Wild. It's not as good as Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah. Which they could have worked on more, but like in terms of gameplay itself, it's really good. Cool, cool. Yeah.、Um, if you're interested in Pokemon, check it out. We know Aaron isn't, and he won't give us his opinion. Oh, yeah. But if you have opinions, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Welcome to Asian Pop Nation, your nightly dose of top notch Asian pop culture content. My name is Leisha, and you just heard our two song requests from Tyler. First being Yuni Chan with the song Otome no Honki Ravupi Mu, and second being Polo Light with Cotton Candy Romance. The final song you just heard was, was from Sasa Lasa, a duo of the Vocaloid producer Sasa Kure UK and the Utaite singer Lasha with their song Nevermore. If you were listening to our show last week, we actually talked about the newest anime film that was released called Bell. Well, this week, our resident anime pro, Aaron, went to watch another new anime film to hit the cinemas called Sing a Bit of Harmony. So let's hear from him about his review of the movie Sing a Bit of Harmony. I feel like that 2021 was the year of musical anime, but the main character is either an AI or someone related to virtual reality. We have Vivi that came out last year in April 2021, and then we got Momoro Hosada's Bell that was released a few months later in July, unless you live outside of Japan, then it's January 2022. But now we got director Yoshiro Hosada and JC staff releasing the latest film, Sing a Bit of Harmony, released in October 2021. Again, if you live outside of Japan, January 2022. Although seeing a bit of harmony in my struggle between those two, it is still a good movie to watch, even though it has some problems with the story. The story focuses on Satomi Yamuro, also known as Princess Teruto, which is a terrible name, by the way. But when an unknown transfer student named Shinoe arrives at her school, things go out of control instantly. For starters, Shinoe is an AI, so it's up to Satomi and the rest of her classmates to keep it a secret. While it's not hard to predict where the story is heading toward after a few minutes of the movie, the movie still managed to have fun with it going through a checklist of antics and hijinks. It helps that the dialogue is witty and down to earth, and also there's a lack of cartoonish facial expression, which makes it more, how can I put this the right way, realistic? Well, the movie, well, it is predictable and it's good to watch, there is some pacing problems, mostly in the first 15 to 30 minutes of the movie. There's a total of like 5 songs within a matter of like 15 to 30 minutes, especially one particular song that won't stop playing every 5 minutes or so. But after that 15 to 30 minutes, the pacing for the movie is really good. The songs themselves are good to hear beside that one song, but the rest of it is good. But after listening to both Japanese and English, I think the Japanese is slightly better. Don't get me wrong, the English songs are good, but it's kind of disjointed at times. But the soundtrack's not bad itself. The animation is really good as well. This is from JC Stuff, which is surprising because the last time I watched something from them, I was disappointed with them. But now I'm happy with the animation of this guy. But there are times, like a few instances, and the animation can be off putting, particularly the CG vehicles, the cars, and the motorcycle, but it's still good. The characters are good, and what makes them unique is that the film focuses on them, their own arc slash journeys. Thunder, who has to get over his fears of judo tournaments, is healed thanks to Shinoe inspiring with him thanks to a song, which is honestly one of the best things in this entire movie. Find me on that, I don't care. 
then you guys, Satsume and Tome, actually get the most developed in this movie, which is majority of the second half of the movie. I quite enjoyed it, but it does drag on a bit here and there. But what makes the movie really good is the dub. Granted, when we did not see the sub, we watched the dub movie, and we can say it was probably the best thing. Video director Caitlin Glass bring these actors together. Special shout out to Risa May, Megan Shipman, Ian Sinclair, Carmen, Casey, Alexa Tipson, and Jordan Dash Cruz. You guys did an amazing job. But in the end, seeing a bit of harmony is a good movie to watch. Even though it doesn't do anything groundbreaking, it's a simple movie that's good to watch with friends, if not by yourself or family. It's a heartwarming and feel-good movie. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening to Asia Pop Nation, especially with this review. Follow us on AsiaPopNation.com, especially on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks for listening. Remember, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and make sure you get vaccinated as you can. Thanks. Bye. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and you were just listening to Luna Lee's Silver Into Rain featuring Beta Doobie. We also had Australian Korean rap group 1300 with their new track Old Boy. And lastly, Warren Hui with his song Run Away With Me. <laughs> I don't know why I sang the title of that song in a very terrible musical-ish tone, but I guess it is a fitting transition into our next topic discussing about the new Korean cast announced for the new production of the Death Note musical. Now, if you're a Death Note anime fan, you're probably scratching your head at this very idea, but let the AAPN team, particularly Tracy, potentially ease your worries about this new musical. So, let the show begin. So recently, they've just announced a new production of the Korean version of a musical. This is the third run of this musical that's happened in Korea since 2015. And the property that the musical is adapting is Death Note. What? <laughs> Does he uh, sing about his chip that he ate? No. Is that a thing that happens in Death Note? Because I haven't yeah, watched yeah. it. Oh, it's like I haven't seen the scene. anime. That is this like, is an impartial review. And eat it. It is the most iconic scene ever. <laughs> wait, Tracy, wait, are you telling me this musical is like your first exposure to Death Note? Yes. Oh, oh my god! Actually, I'll love to hear like your thoughts story-wise, just so to see like how different the vibes are from the rest of us who've seen the anime. I watched the musical, it's actually pretty good. I think this story suits the format of a musical because it's so dramatic. Like it's about like murder and right, sort of yeah. all these questions about like what is justice, you know, is it all these like Kantian principles? It's, of, start, it's like, starting to sound like Shakespeare when you talk about it like that, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. a big anti-hero story, right? And yeah. um, like Light Yagami is like, I'm a good high school boy. And then he becomes like a vengeful god who like <laughs> kills people, right? And yeah. I think that's a very like, that's a very musical sort of thing. Like I could see that being turned into an opera. The yeah, anti-hero yeah. is like a pretty common Dude, death trope. not opera? Oh my god. I mean, that's what kind <laughs> of a fan of the opera is. Yeah. But yeah, there has been instances of like horror or dark musicals with Sweeney Todd. So when I imagine Death Note the musical, I just think of Light scribbling in his notebook and then someone like drops dead on stage or something Whoa. like that. <laughs> but I'm not sure. What was your experience, Tracy, watching it? Did it seem comedic at times? 
Well, one part which made me laugh out loud was the part where Light and Elf have a tennis match and it's in the anime as well. They're all like, oh, should I lose because he's expecting me to be a sore loser or should I win? And like they have this back and forth. Well, that's like a huge musical number in the musical and both really? of the musical actors have rackets in their hands and they're like swinging them. They're like singing a line and then they're like, Argh. they don't wow. have actual like tennis balls. So they're like pretending to throw tennis balls at each other. So they're like pretending to play tennis while singing a really intense song while speeding around on stage that was really funny to me dude that yeah. actually sounds cool let me i want to watch that right now well it's actually really easy to access if you just search up death note musical the japanese version comes up with songs oh. there's also the korean version which is floating around on um, other internet sites and I gotta say, the Korean version is better because they have better singers and better actors. Because Korea has a crazy musical theater scene, mm. they just love their theater and they like import everything. They've imported Sweeney Todd, like you were talking about earlier. I really want They've to see Hades Town, the Korean adaptation of that. Yeah, so. there is a Hades Town, and it's from what I've seen, it's really insane. Oh, I forgot to say, this Korean cast is really good. This cast has Chunsu from JYJ. It's got K from Lovelies. R.I.P. Lovelies. <laughs> they had some great music. And it's got Kim Sung Cho from Our Beloved Summer, who is a very, very good musical actor and was mostly known for musical acting before he got cast in Prison Playbook. Um, but yeah, like the Japanese version is intentionally sort of cheaper with like more novice actors, right? Um, Which is usually how it goes for Japanese versus Korean productions. Not gonna yeah, lie. they call them <laughs> 2.5D musicals, right? Because they're like adaptions of like 2D media. So they're like aimed at otaku. They're not aimed at musical theatre fans. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's, like, that's kind of tragic, to be honest. Japan needs to work what on... What if you're an otaku <laughs> and a musical theatre fan? <laughs> you're a very rare person. Like, AKA Xenia right here. Yeah, Xenia. What about people be, like, musical like theatre grade, but still, like, talks <laughs> to the weave in me? I don't yeah. know. There's a reasonable sort of fan community around the Death Note musical. Some people say it's, like, the best adaptation, apart from the anime. Actually? Obviously, <laughs> because it's, like, it cuts down the plot a lot. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's more theatrical. And it has some songs which are slightly banging. So wow. that obviously adds Bangers. to its appeal. I'm just curious, like, because you've seen the musical. Yeah. Th- does it give you the interest to like check out the anime i'm interested in seeing the anime scenes that were portrayed in the musical mm. like sort of comparing because i saw the tennis scene and i'm like oh they kind of lifted some of this dialogue directly into the musical and that's kind of interesting to see like what works and what doesn't yeah but i thought it would be cool to talk about other anime musical adaptations because there's a lot of them yeah i'm, I'm looking at this list right now tracy and some of these um adaptations yeah. are bizarre when I see oh Sailor Moon musical, to me that actually sounds kind of like okay. Like I think yeah, Sailor it Moon, could be cute. But what's one that you look and you're like, that sounds concerning? And how did that even get across? <laughs> B stars. I don't know what B stars is, mm-hmm. but it, it's fairies. Oh my god, are they like yeah, I wanna know if they go for like, you know, the musical cats route where they wear like a stylist. Oh, I think no. they, they kind of they kind of I'm looking at a picture of it right now. They kind of do go down that route. There's a sort of realism to the sorts of costumes they're wearing, but you can you also look at them and you can tell this is probably like an anime adaptation or something. There's also one based on Persona 3. I thought that was a game. Yeah, it's a Persona? Yeah, Persona. Oh, you're a Persona player, Leisha? I like Persona. Persona's mm-hmm. so good. But there's a musical of Persona 
I hear okay. Persona 3 has the best story out of all of them, too. So this might actually be, like, pretty cool. Yeah. The funniest musical is probably Pokemon Live. And Pokemon Live isn't a Japanese musical. It was an American musical, uh, which uh. toured around America from 2000 to 2001. And this was when the Pokemon craze was at its peak, really, sort of the late 90s. Um, and it was really much aimed at, like, a child audience. They have, like, all these puppets. It was a really expensive production. It cost, like, millions of dollars, and it lost over $1 million of investor money. Wow. <laughs> There's also the creepy Spanish version where the actors are all wearing, like, masks of the anime characters. I don't know why I thought that was necessary, but that that's, that's a thing that exists. Imagine Pikachu with, like, a full-grown human body. <laughs> Oh boy, like the long yeah, yeah like no. long arms and long legs, and like standing on two feet. <laughs> they actually had like all these models that like actors would walk around in, you know, like Disneyland and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. But you yeah. have people like that. They actually found a bunch of old Pokemon props in a random abandoned theater in Canada recently. God. Like some urban explorer like broke into a place and just found a whole stash of just Pikachu's. <laughs> creepy. Imagine yeah, just going like some abandoned, dark, dusty cobwebs everywhere. The lights aren't working, and then you flick your flashlight and like, ah, it's this massive life-size Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have some quotes from the musical. First of all, every single time they say Pokemon, they pronounce it Pokemon. Pokemon. So it's yeah, so it starts off with the tape of Giovanni challenging the audience to defeat me and my Pokemon in a Pokemon battle. And then he goes, are you trainer enough to try? Which dude, I think is a great dude, line. You can tell this is Excuse an American me? production. <laughs> also in the first scene, Ash goes like, Mom, I'm not a baby anymore. I'm a Pokemon trainer. And just, it's just like, wow. Um, and there's also a scene where they have a Pokemon battle and they just have like two puppets in between two actors. And the actors are like, Go, Venusaur, use poison powder. And then the other trader is like, Go, Meowth, use Lure. Oh, oh no. I'm going to use Stunsmore. And like, that goes on for like slightly too long. Yep. So, the Pokemon musical, it's a thing that exists. If you have any thoughts about anime musicals or the Death Note musical in particular, let us know on Asian Pop Nation at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hello, hello. Welcome to Asian Palm Nation. My name is Lisha, and you were just tuning into tracks from Fakey with their song Futa Koito. We also had Tom Hamhead Koi with Good Luck Clown. And finally, Thai artist The Toys with his song Chinese Girl. While we ourselves aren't going to be focusing on a Chinese girl next, we will be talking about a Korean girl. In particular, a super popular Korean female idol who goes by the name of IU. And a little bit of a funny video that had actually resurfaced from her non-Korean fans who were surprised by her garlic intake. So come along, join us, the APN team, as we talk about this slightly wacky tale of a girl and her love for garlic. Lisha, Lisha, you seem really troubled by uh by something. In, <laughs> while you were speaking to yourself, I heard the word garlic. It hmm. seems to be really haunting you right now. What's going on, Lisha? Tell What's us. What's going on? I'm just... Uh, I like garlic as much as the next person. Obviously, it gives flavor to every dish in the world. But this recent story involving 
one of the most well-known South Korean singer idols out there ever, IU. There was a recent video of her like cooking that resurfaced from back in 2021 that I guess raised a few eyebrows for people who were like re-watching it. This video pretty much it was just her making like seaweed soup. She was doing this cute celebration for her 13th like debut anniversary thing. And then at one point where she was adding seasonings and stuff to her soup, she proceeds to mention, oh, since I'm not a fan of garlic, I'm only gonna add like a little bit of it just for like some flavor. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. The moment that just boggles my mind, and I guess a lot of like non-Korean fans of hers is actually seeing the amount of garlic she proceeds to add for someone who, in quotes, is not a fan of garlic. Um, how much garlic? How much like garlic? a good yeah. four cloves of garlic, maybe five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can see, like, the picture for ourselves, but Celeste gives a very good image for you listeners to just visualize the amount of garlic that we're looking at. Like, I'm trying to picture this spoonful that she's holding and putting that spoon. I'm trying to imagine it with, like, a food that I don't like. I guess it just sparks, like, a whole convo about, like... The ethics of garlic. The ethics of garlic. (laughs) A a treatise on the use of garlic circa 1809. (laughs) It's just interesting. Yeah, I guess it, like, mind-boggled a lot of people who are not Korean particularly because a lot of the comments from Korean commenters were all just saying, like, oh, wow, she's a true Korean and stuff. So I think for, like, the Korean fan base, this seems to be, like, a this is, like, an acceptable amount that should be put in. Wait, is garlic a big thing in Korea? Apparently. Oh, yeah, they love garlic. Really? Yeah. Korean barbecue, everything has garlic in it. Um, really? Waves of garlic raw. Um, Whoa. Mm. As well. It's what? actually pretty good. According to uh, SBS News, Korea has the highest volume per capita of like garlic consumption in the world after China. They do love their garlic and it's just it's just interesting to see. It's like an essential, like garlic, gochujang, and sesame oil. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> three things that make everything taste like Korea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you mm. go. We've cracked the code. We've done it, Lens. A bunch of us non-Koreans have cracked the code in Korean cooking. <laughs> Wait, Celeste, how do you... How do you eat a garlic clove? You can <laughs> eat it as is. It's fine. Yeah. Really? Just, you, yeah. yeah. Sometimes just it like, might oh. be. It depends on the clove of garlic you got. It could be a bit spicier than normal. But a lot mm. of um Southeast Asian cuisines they eat raw garlic too. Mm-hmm. They like yeah. mince it and put it in um sauces and dips. Mm-hmm. There was like a whole thing too of like when I go scrolling online and I sometimes stumble upon like Chinese hot pot videos. The dipping sauce. People put a lot of garlic in there. So I think, yeah, garlic, she's having like her moment. Um, So I guess if you, listener, have a particular love for garlic, or maybe your love for IU has slightly faltered a bit finding out about her garlic consumption, then let us know about all your intense, I'm sure very intense and serious thoughts about this seasoning garlic. Um, let us know on Asia Foundation throughout Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, hello. This is Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and you were hearing tracks from Thin Sweet featuring MGT with the song Don't Worry, alongside Lala Boy with the song Deja Vu, and finally the one and only Mitski with her song Love Me More coming from her newly released Laurel Hell album. Check it out. 
It's great stuff. What is also、oh、great was the show we had tonight on Asian Bomb Nation, talking about the Deaf Note musical, the rise of Filipino representation in Western media, and the new anime films and K dramas that came in our radar. So thank you so much for joining me, Lisha, and our team of Zenia, Celeste, Aaron, JP, and Tracy tonight. And we shall say our farewells with a R&B track from Deaf, aka JP. With his song "Sunset with You," you can always tune into Asian Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8 p.m. onwards, right here on Sin. Good night, everyone. <laughs>